Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, back here on the huddle. Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz along with Pete Nigerian, and we welcome in former Viking scout Jeff Robinson. Hey, Jeff, uh, when Pete asked you to come on the show, did you know the Vikings would come down from uh, 33 to pull off the biggest comeback in history? Did you see that coming? I didn't see that coming at all. So I guess I guess the timing was excellent. I I thought we were just going to talk about the thousandth game, but geez, what a, what a way to uh, finish the weekend for the Vikings. I mean, I I don't know if you saw the whole game start to finish, but uh, did you did you think that that was possible? I mean, because I was there covering the game. And uh, after they got to 21, I was like, I think Indianapolis is maybe melting down here and they're going to open the door. And the Vikings took advantage. And uh, I was going to ask you, we were having a discussion about Kirk Cousins and why he's been able to lead so many of these late game comebacks. They have seven fourth quarter comebacks this year. I mean, I would love the scouts perspective on why you think he's been able to you know, come back in so many of these games. Well, I think it's a couple of different things. Number one is, you know, quarterbacks always get a lot of blame when things don't go right, and obviously they get a lot of credit when things do. And he's often been um, on the side of getting a lot of blame for, for things that aren't, aren't always in his control. But he's a very smart quarterback. He's a very durable quarterback, and he has a strong arm to go with a very talented group of receivers. So um, anytime you put him in a situation of, you know, two minutes or needing to score quick, um, he's excellent in that role because he has a very good understanding of not only uh, his offense, but what the defense is trying to do against him. So you you kind of have to put him in the category of a lot of other talented quarterbacks who are able to um, make a lot of adjustments, you know, in a short time span to make plays. Um, But I think if you look at just yesterday's game in particular pertaining to the Colts, um, I I think there had to be reason for optimism even at halftime just because of what the Colts did against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago um, in the second half of that game. Right. And so so if they did their homework, they knew they still had a chance to to make plays to win the game if if they, you know, could stop shooting themselves in the foot, which – um, obviously, in the first half of the game, they, they did a lot of that, but they flipped the script, and, and they did well um, to finish it out strong in the second half yesterday. You know, the the offense really did step up, Jeff. It was unbelievable how, how they came out of the locker room, and they didn't even seem like they were a team that was down 33 to nothing. But 
On a different note, and something we were talking about, and I'd love your take on this, is Jeff Saturday. Uh, great guy, obviously, great player and all the rest of it, but has this experiment failed? Because it seems to me that this is not just about the players and the, and the positioning, but oftentimes it's some of the decisions by the coaches, and specifically the head coach, and the mismanagement of time. Is it, Do you think that uh, that this is the end of it for him? Well, I don't know if it's the end of it, just because I'm not sure that I've that I would have ever thought it was a beginning for him. But um, when when you look at uh, a person such as himself, who was an analyst, so he's watching he's watching games every week and and critiquing others. The part that gets overlooked in the whole process a lot of times is the things that go into the decisions that are made as far as uh, coaching decisions go. And obviously, his background is one of playing, um, coaching a little bit of high school football, but not anything in the college or the pro ranks. And so, you know, when you're talking about timeouts and clock clock management, those are two really big issues that um, you have to kind of find a rhythm and a groove for, whether you're a coordinator or a head coach, because there's so many intricacies involved in situational football. And it showed up yesterday and it showed up in past games as far as the decisions that he's had to make and right or wrong, he, he made his decisions. And I think their record kind of reflects some of those decisions right now, unfortunately for him. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, people don't understand and even former players don't understand a lot of what actually goes on during the week um, as far as coaches management go um, on just getting ready for the, for the game plan and for the prep that goes into actually putting the game plan together. And I think that's the part of it that has kind of gotten overlooked as far as him and his ascension. But, you know, who, who knows? I mean, maybe this is part of their plan and his whole learning curve, but I think it's, it's very hard for anybody to just assume that they can become a head coach without um, any, any training in that avenue. I mean, it's similar to, you know, being in any other occupation, you can't just walk in and, and just go, okay, I'm here. I can get this done. Except it, radio. It a lot of prep work. <laughs> Except radio. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, former Viking scout uh, uh, Jeff Robinson with us. I, I need to hear your breakdown of Justin Jefferson this year because he is having one of the best seasons in NFL history as a receiver. And, and I know that yesterday they got contributions from a lot of different places. But when they have needed an unguardable, unstoppable throw to this guy, no matter what play, I mean, there's only a handful of receivers I've ever seen like this, Jeff. I mean, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss. He's putting himself in that category, in my mind, of guys that no matter what the opposing defense tries to do, he can beat them. Yeah, I think what you're seeing from him is just his continued uh, growth and maturation. You know, obviously growing up, he was around um, two brothers who also played mm-hmm. um, at a high level, which, which t- in my opinion, helped to accelerate um, not only his learning curve, but, you know, just his overall physical development in the game. Um, he, he also works with some talented coaches, you know, he, you know, Keenan McCardle and um, Jerry Sullivan, who is his off-season coach, are two excellent coaches who have been around the game for a long time, and I think it helps him you know, to have to have guys like Adam Thielen around, to have Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. So I think all of these things have helped his growth and maturation. But I think really his desire to make plays is is what really 
has started to separate him from a lot of other players. And, you know, kudos to him because he, he is a hard worker and, you know, he stayed humble in the process of what he's going through. But you can see on week in and week out that he's improving because defenses are doing more things to try to take him um, out of the game plan. And, yeah, yesterday, the play he made yesterday is just – I think that's just part of his his continued growth because that's something that he wasn't um, using earlier in this year as far as the uh, stutter release that he that he put on Stephon Gilmore to score that touchdown. Jeff, real quick, I know um, you, you and I talk about a lot of different things, but in, not away from the Vikings just for a second, but it, within the division and all, what do you think of the Detroit Lions and what they've been able to do over the last few weeks? And they're, yeah, I think they've won six of the last seven or something like that. But Jared Goff's not throwing interceptions. They really might be a playoff team. Do you believe that, or do you think that uh, that, that that they are just they've played the right schedule? Because it seems to me that they have really started to piece this whole thing together, and they've gotten to, they've gotten gotten through a lot of big name teams, the Giants, and they played tight with the Bills, and then they beat the Vikings, and you know you look at their final four with the Jets, Panthers, and Bears, Packers. Uh, what do you think? Is this a potential playoff team? I think we'll know better after today's game against uh, the Jets. I think today's game with the Jets will determine if they're a playoff team. If they win today, then I would say they are because I think they will run the table if they can win today. I think what you're seeing with them is a team that has bought into, number one, what the head coach um, and the coordinators are are preaching, but also what the leadership, um, when they made that change a couple years ago, has said that they were going to do. I mean, everybody thought that the trade for Jared Goff was he was just going to be a throw-in um, in the Matthew Stafford trade, but he's shown that, you know, he could he could develop and, and grow as a quarterback as well. He You know, he, he's made a lot of... Oh, did we lose Jeff there? Okay, we lost Jeff there just in the middle of him saying that the roar has <laughs> been restored. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. I th- well, and you know what, Pete? I mean, I, I think, uh, do we have Jeff back, uh, Charlie? Oh, yeah. Um, we yeah I thought I lost you. For oh, yeah. We lost you for just a second. But uh, you were saying that uh, it's going to be the second coming of Scott Mitchell, Brett Perriman, Herman Moore. I think that's what you were in the middle of saying. <laughs> well, let, let's let's just say I I know all those guys, and I was I was there when we tried to get Scott Mitchell, and I think I think you've got a better product right now with what golf is doing um, <laughs> overall. I mean, obviously, obviously they're building components around what what golf can do as far as you know the running game go is going, and that offensive line is is very um, well suited to to play in the NFC North. Um, but even if you look on the other side of the ball, which I think is where they've actually made the most improvement over the course of the year, mm-hmm. I think the defense has really shored mm-hmm. things up to where to where they know that they can compete in every game now. And I don't think early in the year um, that the defense was holding up there into the bargain because even you know what you saw when they played Minnesota early in the year, you know the defense was always coming up just a little short, but. Now they're making plays um, to actually help the offense out. And, and you kind of found a winning recipe between um, what both sides of the ball are doing and believing in, in what the coaches are instilling in them. Yeah, I think that you know, really, the... really, really what they look like is a younger version of Minnesota in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, with I mean, with the weapons that they have now, especially with Jamison Williams coming back, and if the Vikings want to feel free to cover him in the future, unlike they did <laughs> in Detroit, that would be fine. Uh, but I, I think that the Detroit is a bad matchup for the Vikings, the way that that team is playing. So the Vikings should be rooting for them to lose and face a team like the Giants or, or Washington instead. And that was that was the last thing I had for you, Jeff, is just I wanted to ask you about the potential matchups in the playoffs. Pete and I were talking about some of these teams have played plus 120-point differentials at the top of the NFC. Which team do you think would be a matchup that the Vikings should kind of root for that they could potentially get? And which team in the NFC would you look at and go, oh, boy, I mean, they they better avoid that team? (laughs) I I think the ones that they should avoid are the ones that they've already had to deal with. You know, Philadelphia and Dallas are, are the ones that they should avoid. Um, but outside of that, I think they can compete against anybody realistically. Number one, they're going to be at home, which is favorable to them um, mm-hmm. to get the crowd fired up. But outside of that, and really more so Philadelphia, just because it would be in Philadelphia, I think I think they can compete against any of these teams. I mean, uh, right now you're looking at uh, Washington or the Giants sitting in that seventh spot, and they've you know they've proven that they can do, play with Washington, and the Giants game is coming up, so. Mm-hmm. I think I think realistically, it's just a matter of getting healthy. Um, the the issue with Christian Darisol is is a big issue. You know him getting hurt yesterday, and nobody knows, you know, where that lies. But if they can stay healthy, you know, obviously they can play with anybody. Yeah, I think that was just cramps. I think he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So so they're in good I, shape. I hope, I, right. but, I hope you're right. <laughs> but no, but I totally agree. That's a that's a huge thing. Uh, Pete, did you have one more question before we need to wrap up? Well, I know I know that uh, we we need to be very quick, but I would just say that uh, Jeff, as far as the XFL and USFL, just real fun, fun topic. Is there something about those leagues that you think is intriguing right now because of this coming year going head to head, or 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 is that something that we're not going to be able to get too excited about? Well, I think you have to get excited because it creates avenues and pipelines for for guys to become players in the NFL. Um, you know, you've got the showmanship of the Rock being involved in the XFL, and you've got the ownership uh, by Fox as far as the USFL goes. So I think it creates a lot of new pathways for players to continue their careers. And, and obviously a lot of the guys who are on practice squads or, you know, who you see get released on Thursdays and disappear for a couple of weeks now will be the stars of, you know, the XFL and the USFL. But it really gives – um, all these players, in particular quarterbacks, a chance to just get on the field and get the and get the work that they need, so that they can improve, you know, long term, so that they can become, you know, the the stars of tomorrow. I'm excited cool. for it. Uh, those uh, those PJ Walker and uh, Tommy Maddox stories. I can't get enough of those. Uh, Jeff Robinson, <laughs> former Viking scout, really appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks for coming on with us today. Thanks, no Joe. Hey, don't forget those Peter Nigerian stories as well. <laughs> Oh, Pete never lets you forget his stories. No, that's, he lets everybody know. Okay, just, just, just make it short. Sure. Sure. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. All right, take care. All right, take care. All right, we'll take a break, and uh, I've got uh, a Hallmark movie game that I want to play with Charlie and uh, Pete when we come back. So from ha- from hardcore football talk to Hallmark movies here in this Christmas time episode of The Huddle, we will return here on WCCO. All right, welcome back into the huddle. Matthew Collar, Pete and Jerry, and Charlie producing. And uh, so I have this tradition with my wife, Pete, where 
We will, around Christmas time, go to the Hallmark channels. We won't really watch the movies, but we like to read the descriptions. And, and so I have called up. A, a, we watch you know, every once in a while, but sometimes it's just very, no, like, no way am I watching that. But uh, I have called up dozens of Hallmark movies that are real movies that I am going to read the description, and I want you and Charlie to guess the name of it, and they all have the word Christmas. So you're halfway there to the name of the movie. So I will read the description, and then you guys have to guess the name of the Hallmark movie. Okay, you in? Oh Yeah, in. in. All, right. all right, let's go. Okay. All right, here's our first one. Two news broadcasters who were previously in love fight for a position as morning talk show host that they both want, ultimately finding what made them like each other so much in the first place. What is the name of this Christmas movie? Charlie? <laughs> Why not? I mean, yeah, sure. This is this is a Christmas you movie. Got, you going first here, Pete, or me? Am I no, going? Go, go right oh, ahead. Man. I don't know. Put me on the spot. Um, morning news anchors. Um, let's go. Oh. Talking Christmas. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. What do you got, Pete? I I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> it's got the word Christmas. Take yeah, a guess. But, uh, Christmas anchor? I don't know. That's great. That's a great guess. Okay, close. Broadcasting Christmas is okay. what that one is called. All right, next okay. one. After inheriting a Christmas tree farm, a woman's plans to sell it change when she falls in love with the townspeople. Not, I mean, not in that way. I guess she just enjoys the townspeople, like not falls in love with multiple towns. Anyway, uh, falls in love with the townspeople and meets a charming lawyer named Tucker. So she has a Christmas tree farm, loves the town. What is this one called? Pete, you got to start at this time. I'm still thinking. Chris- uh, my favorite Christmas tree. It's, it's, a, it's a good guess. Evergreen Christmas. Uh, that's that, that should have been the name. It's called Christmas Land. Oh, yeah. oh terrible! I, I like Ter- name. terrible I name. Say. All right, this one. A party planner is tasked with mentoring her boss's nephew, who is set to take over the business. That's the whole description. That's it. But she is a party planner tasked with mentoring her boss's nephew. I assume that she falls in love with him. Uh, it's, it's not ha- said it's Hallmark, here. Isn't it? It's not yeah, said it's... here, but I just I'm guessing that happens. Yeah, it's on Hallmark. It's got to be something like that. Uh, <laughs> Charlie, you got I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> see. I really want my answers to be good, so I'm really I'm really trying to brainstorm. But they're here. not good. The names are not good. That's the point. Yeah, and I think I I just hit I, yourself I on the table one. in the head first before you take a guess. Um, we're gonna go with. Um, Party planner, you said. Yeah, party, party planner. Party I know planner. nothing about party planning. Um, okay, well, just use the uh, word. Party Christmas. That's close. <laughs> uh, Christmas plan. Close. Oh, oh that's, this that's better. Best Christmas party ever is the name of oh. that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, one, one more, one more. Callie, hmm. an aspiring chef with her childhood friend David, enters... <laughs> enters Callie into a club annual Christmas ice sculpting competition against her boss. Callie's passions for cooking and ice sculpting are met with romance and the Christmas spirit. I got this one, Pete. Cooking up Christmas. It's a good try. God, I love that. It's a good try. That's right where I was going. <laughs> I literally was doing it. <laughs> Cooking up Christmas. Cooking up I Christmas. 
Well, I think if we both agree, then that should be the name. Think, think about the should other part. The other part of it. It was she was a cook, and then ice. Christmas. Christmas ice. That's. I mean, that's a decent guess. It's ice sculpture uh, Christmas. Oh, literally uh, just literally oh. just ice sculpture Christmas. I mean, some of the some of the names of these are just. A, I'm not going to read the, all the descriptions, but just in time for Christmas, merry matrimony, a royal Christmas, baby's first Christmas, the Christmas parade. 12 gifts of Christmas. These hey, I got one for you guys. I got one, okay, go I ahead. got one for you guys that you you probably have never seen, but I'm telling you, my wife and I, we watch it every year. We skip the Hallmark stuff, and we go straight to this. Nicholas Cage and Tia Leone in a, in a movie called Family Man. If you've never oh, seen, seen it. it. Yeah. Oh, have you? Good. I have. It's, I have it's not. It's a great movie. It's, it's a play on a, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, he gets a choice to go back in time with an angel and, blah 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 and make things a little bit different and he goes from being this uh, high-end wall street guy to this very low-end guy blue collar guy in a tire shop but uh it's a great movie i really really enjoyed that one that was good i agree with you pete uh my parents used to rent a lot of movies and they wouldn't mm-hmm. even try to figure out what it was about they would just be like oh nicholas cage is in it let's go i mean that's and, a good uh, you know, yeah, the route of getting a movie. Nicholas Cage is in it. Yeah, I, I just watched a Nicholas Cage movie on a plane called the Uh-oh. the uh, let's see uh, the unbearable the, weight, the unbearable weight of, of massive, massive talent, talent yeah. which is actually really oh. good because Nicholas Cage plays himself and then makes fun of all of his movies throughout this movie. So it was. <laughs> I got see that. It's it's actually I really enjoyed it, Pete. I think if you like the Family Man, you'd like that one because they just they kind of he. He's basically asked to come to a birthday party of this millionaire, and it turns oh. out the millionaire is in the mob, and so he's like, but he's you know he's got all these like family issues and stuff. Anyway, it's good, and uh, if you like Hallmark movies, well, good for mm-hmm. you. That means you have a big heart, and you're also you don't care at all about whether it's good. So, <laughs> uh, okay, we'll get back to some football talk uh, after this. Matthew Collar, Pete Najarian, the Huddle here on WCCO. Mm-hmm. Peter, are you a soccer guy? Because uh, I just became one right now after watching this game in the studio. <laughs> I love that you are. I am not. And it was proven last week when Charlie asked me a few questions about soccer. And I was like, hey, man, and all, I don't even know what, what country is doing what. So, <laughs> no, I'm in, the same, I'm in the same boat with you. It's just entire, like my head is entirely in football that sometimes <laughs> they'll bring me on in other cities to talk about the Vikings and they'll be like, hey, what's that thing the Twins just did? And I'll be like, uh, well, you know, they needed someone. So, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I know the Vikings. But uh, this game, though, it was mm-hmm. three to two. And then there was a handball, which is illegal in the box. So it turned into a penalty shot. And now it's three to three. So the draw, I mean, this is for the the whole thing. This is the championship. So this is crazy. That's the best I could break it down for you, Pete. <laughs> I like that breakdown. I think that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, so I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, Pete, um, yeah. just about, you know, today's games, because we've talked so much about what happened, uh, rightfully so. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Vikings. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are a couple of games of interest. And something we were talking about with Jeff was, like, who do you not want to see the Vikings match up with? The Lions have a big game against the Jets. Zach Wilson is going to start because Mike White is hurt. And then later tonight, kind of of, of big intrigue for the Vikings, the Giants playing against Washington on the Sunday night yeah. game. Uh, what like That matchup is now the Vikings are going to be either number two or number three. Uh, becomes mm-hmm. very interesting. It could be Detroit. It could be one of those those other two teams who are playing tonight. As far as first round teams, who, who do you think they match up best and worst against? Well, I, th- I think the most underrated. First of all, I think it's really incredible that presently the way things stand, you could have all four teams from the NFC East in the playoffs. Yes, uh, right. I mean that's. Uh, I I don't even know has that ever happened before where the entire group <laughs> all all got in. I, I don't know the answer to that, but. I will say this. I think the commanders are a very sneaky team at this point in time that, that we all look past them, right? Because we, we, we go in with that negativity and all the rest of it. I've, I'm really good friends with the head coach who is my brother Paul's roommate through college at the California Berkeley and um, just a wonderful guy, had a great run at Carolina, and then that ended and he's here up at Washington. But, you know, they actually have a lot of sneaky players on that team, defensively and offensively, that make them a team that I don't think anybody necessarily should ever look past them, including the Eagles or anybody else. They, they give everybody all, all they want in a game. I think they're a better team than the Giants overall. So I, I think from that standpoint, their defense is much better. I think that they do a lot of things right. Their offense is extremely conservative. But um, they, can, they can take the ball and basically chew up the clock like no other team I've ever seen. So – Given that, I think Washington could be a very scary team for teams like the Vikings, where I think you can run on the Vikings. I know you can throw on the Vikings. So uh, under those circumstances, that would be a really interesting matchup. I mean, that game was really the last good defensive game we saw the Vikings play. It's been a while, Mm -hmm. um, but that was Taylor Heineke just getting his feet underneath him as their starting quarterback. And now he's really taking command of that franchise. And some, one of the things I look at Pete, when I think about Mm -hmm. like, who's going to be a hard matchup is who has a good coach. And Mm -hmm. I think that Ron Rivera just shows over and over again that that man knows how to coach football. Because if you ask me after about three weeks and then you consider all the other controversies that they have uh, with Daniel Snyder and all that in D.C., Mm -hmm. where's that team going to end up? And plus, like how Carson Wentz was looking early in the season, I would have said they're going to end up drafting number three overall. And yet here mm-hmm. they are at seven, five and one and that defensive line, this is why I don't, and I agree with you and I don't like the matchup for the Vikings. That defensive line 
is scary good. And I think if there's one weakness for the Vikings, it's they're playing a rookie at right guard who needs to stop stepping on Kirk Cousins' foot. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, Garrett Bradbury, I think, has improved this year. But, you know, as far as taking on the biggest beasts, defensive tackles, I mean, that's pretty tough for him. And that's really been the one weakness of Kirk Cousins throughout his career as a Viking is if the other team has those violent defensive tackles, they can find a way. Whereas the Giants' defense just has a lot of weaknesses. They blitz all the time, but that leaves a lot of open holes in their defense. I think the Commanders are a much tougher matchup. Yeah, and they do get after the quarterback, to your point. I think the way that defensive line actually does play, and and occasionally, and they don't have to do it often, but occasionally add some of the linebackers in there, they'll get some good sacks and they've done a great job I think getting after a lot of the teams that they've played the defense has helped keep them in a lot of the games that they've been in so it's not that their defense is the best in the NFL that we're neither one of us are saying that but they certainly I think that they've got a lot of the elements to be really good and that's that's basically playing the entire year without Chase Young uh, just imagine you know what level they could be had that uh, player been with them for the whole season it really could have changed at least a few of those games, I think, because he is one of those game-changing defensive ends that, that really is disruptive. Even if he's not getting sacks, he's one of those guys who gets in front of the quarterback, and he's, he's a menacing guy, so it, it makes things very, very interesting. But I think this whole playoff picture is going to just keep on bouncing around, and how about, the, how about the Bucks most likely getting in with a losing record? I mean, that, that might be pretty interesting as well. Hey, do not count out the Carolina Panthers for potentially no. tracking them down. I mean, they're 4-4 four and four in their last eight games, and then they play the Steelers today. Kenny Pickett is out of that game. It's going to be Mitch Trubisky, which you just have no belief in whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, if they go to 6-8, and eight, I, there's a chance that they could get in, and the Bengals are the ones that are playing the Bucks today. Cincinnati uh, has just really emerged as one of the best teams, and I think a serious threat, um, you know, to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, that would be one of the best stories in football, even though they'd be making it in a ridiculous way by winning that division. If Carolina mm-hmm. was able to come back and find a way with Sam Darnold, who was essentially like written <laughs> off for the entire season. Yeah, I was going to say, just think about the fact that we, we have never known exactly who's going to be the quarterback week in and week out for right. the Carolina Panthers, which, you know, arguably it is the most important position in football. So they, they've done an amazing job. You've, you've lost a coach. You've, you know, you, you've gotten different quarterbacks. You've lost your quarterback, as a matter of fact, to the Rams. So there's, there's a lot of different things going on with that team. But you're right. I, I think there's something about what they're up to right now that it's not – stamped anywhere that that Tampa Bay is going to be the team that that takes this thing to the very end especially the way they're playing and how beat up they are I'm down here I can tell you people are are very down right now Mm -hmm. on the Buccaneers because they just they got spoiled for a couple of years with Brady and now they're seeing what looks like the old Buccaneers not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady and I and I think part of it is uh not is the offensive line they've had so many injuries this year on the offensive line and on defensive side of the ball um, I, I haven't seen anything quite like it, but it's you. You brought up Cincinnati. I love I love that team. They've got a lot of things going in their their favor. Their defense is extremely strong. We're going to get Joe Burrow on one of these days, and if and if you're not hosting, you got to be a guest with us when we get him on. He's a he's a friend of mine through his brother Jamie Burrow, and I'll tell you those Burrow brothers. They're they're great kids. They're they're unbelievable. They're talented. They work their tails off to get where they are, and and I like Joe. I like. I like the swagger that he brings to that team. 
You know, I, I, I knew that Joe Burrow was different last year when they beat the Raiders and they did the mm-hmm. post-game interview and it was a crazy game and all that. And he was like, yeah, there's a couple more games. Let's go. Like he, he wasn't, you know, like that was the expectation that he set for mm-hmm. himself. He wasn't like, like Baker Mayfield headbutting people. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. I mean, you won a game against the Raiders and you're going completely crazy. Like I, I love that, that coolness. That, uh, that he has. So let's take a quick break, and I have one more football question for you before we wrap up, is what you want to see over these last few games for the Vikings. We will talk about that before we wrap up the huddle here on WCCO. Okay, they're doing the shots, and it's out of five, and whoever makes the most of them wins the entire World Cup, Argentina and France. That's what's going on, Pete. Like, uh, if, if soccer was like this all the time, I would watch it. Uh, but I mean, this is, no, this is really exciting. I mean, this is like the whole mm-hmm. thing. Everybody's going crazy. So that's going to happen in a few minutes. And I'm sure the clinching shot will happen just when we're supposed to go to break. Uh, but I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, Pete, before we wrap up just about these last few games for the Vikings, because they've clinched a playoff spot. So we are going to be talking about matchups, but I also don't think they could say all of their problems are solved with this comeback win. I, I think there's, there's still a lot to see, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, and, and I don't think that there's any magic to make that defense suddenly overnight a much better defense and stop the pass uh, or anything like that. But there are certain things that they can probably do to try to scheme things a little bit differently, maybe put a little bit more pressure on quarterbacks. We don't have as many sacks as you'd want to have. When you look at our two defensive ends that we were so excited about during camp, and I know that I, I did see you at camp when I was over there when the 49ers were there, I believe. And I, I, I could tell you, I watched those two defensive ends, and I thought to myself, wow, we are going to really be a very difficult matchup for these offenses because these two big guys can get after it, and they can get after quarterbacks pretty well. They just haven't come through, and our defense hasn't come through there. And I think if there's any way or anything they can schematically do to get a little bit more pressure on quarterbacks, I think it'll help the defenders, you know, the, the def- defensive backs a lot. But that's something I, I know that they can at least try to do. They can try to kind of tweak that, get a little bit more aggressive. But the other thing is, how, how much from a playing perspective, how are the Vikings going to want to play players as we get into these final weeks of the season, right? I mean, like saw and some of those, I would expect to see. And I know that you and I both saw that he, he had talked about the idea, well, it's just cramping. And maybe it was. But you do still have to be a little bit concerned about his health a little bit, uh, just based on what's been going on this year. Right. So I think you're going to want to take a guy like that off. But if you're going to do that, and if you're going to do any other tweaks to the offense, then um, you don't necessarily want Kirk back there throwing the ball if he's going to get a lot of pressure either. So there's, there's a lot of decisions that I think O'Connell's going to have to make based upon both the health as well as you know, some, of the, some of the things that they might want to tweak as we get closer to the playoffs. Okay, so France missed two, which means Argentina just needs one. I know you're on the edge of your seat there, Pete. Um, I am. <laughs> so this is the last one is coming up, and we'll hear Charlie scream from uh, the the other microphone if it goes in. But uh, you know, I think give me your opinion on this. If they had to win in Chicago in the last game of the season to get the two seed rather than the three. Does that mm. ma- does that matter to you? I mean, it could matter in the second round. Okay, it's over. Argentina just won. No, so, nope. I think they need. Oh wait, more. they need one more. They need one more. Oh, I don't understand the sport. I thought they needed. I thought they were good. Oh, they need, no, because France sure? can still get three total, right? So oh, they can. Oh, okay, the they made two. the first yeah. one. Okay, there you go. It's almost over. 
Uh, so, <laughs> but it, but Pete, would you rather rest players mm-hmm. or fight for the two versus the three seed? I think I, I, I actually think it may make more sense to rest the players. Um, yeah. and, and you just don't want to, I mean, the, the what ifs that could happen and some of the questions, I mean, in all honesty, to me, that almost becomes that Jeff Saturday type decision making where you've got to make the right decision. You can't, you know, I still am baffled by what their decision was late in the game about whether or not they'd maybe try for a field goal or any of that kind of thing. Um, you know, and, and, and they even had the advantage of the, the fumble that was so clear, and we really didn't talk about that, but that clear fumble that, that was not called properly. And right. so, and then the, the anger from Sullivan. Who could blame Sullivan? I think that's yeah. one of those where, as a referee, you got to just kind of keep that, that, that flag in your pocket because you were dead wrong. The ball was out for seconds before, before you know, that whole thing happened. And, and it's just a, it, was, it was terrible. They didn't do it right. I understand that those things can happen. But I think then you've got to have a little bit of grace for the, for the guy who's so angry who just returned the ball for a touchdown. And, and you know, so – um, there's, there's a lot of different aspects of, of, from a coaching perspective. And I think with the Bears, uh, they just have to be very, very careful. I think that health is just so important for this team that when you get to the uh, – the, now is it over? Okay, now it's over. Okay. <laughs> now we got – is this Argentina's? Okay, all right. Good for you, Argentina. <laughs> This is the national. Anthem. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, I figured that. Okay, well, that was very dramatic. That was very dramatic. I'm glad I watched a little tiny bit of it. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to invest in the whole thing, but you know, to see to see just the very end. But you go one layer down. I mean, you saw when Darisaw was out, it was a big problem. You saw when Delvin yeah. Tomlinson was out that you talk about that pressure. I just think they rely so much on Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter mm-hmm. to create all of their pressure. You know, Hunter had a little bit of a neck thing last week, and he was on the injury report. And a few weeks ago, Zadarius Smith had a knee thing. It's like, you don't want any of that. You want to go in to play whoever you're going to play 100% healthy, even if it's the three seed. Because in my mind, you have to win the first game before you can get to the second. And if you get, uh-huh. you know, Justin Jefferson got popped a couple times yesterday and one time stayed down for a little bit. Like, you don't want that. If he goes down, you lose. You're not going anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that health is probably the most important thing, and that's why these last few games are going to be really interesting on how the Vikings actually approach the games themselves. And you're right, that, that shot that Justin Jefferson took right to the chin, basically, and, and obviously reflected from the way his helmet looked and, and what he looked like when he hit the ground, wasn't too happy about it. Obviously, he was angry about it, but, you know, those are dangerous shots that we can't afford. You can't lose J.J. as as good as we are, as much as we've got with, with, with KJ and, and, and Hawkinson and Adam Thielen, JJ is, you know, he's the straw that stirs the drink and, and we need him healthy. So we cannot lose him um, under the circumstances of something where it's a relatively meaningless game. Well, imagine Vikings fans having the win in the bag and just being able to watch football today. What a great day it is for everyone. The non-stress Sunday for Vikings fans, Pete, it was uh, really fun to get together with mm-hmm. you. I'm sure that I'll fill in for Dave, um, you know, other times. But I listen to your show, your guys' show, and sometimes I pop on myself to report on the Vikings. So you guys are doing a great job. Yeah. And uh, Charlie, how, how do you feel? You you get the last word after you invested so much in this. You, are you happy? <laughs> you happy with the results? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just gonna let this play underneath. Honestly, 
I don't care. That, I didn't care that much. Oh, I, I thought bo- I thought you did. Uh, I mean, you were sort of I, acting like you did. I had both anthems ready. I'm, oh, you know, okay. I, it's whatever. <laughs> At least play it up I for like- radio. Uh, Pete, great to work with you, man. Uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks so much. And yeah, uh, thank you, you, everybody, for listening to The Huddle. And uh, they do it every Sunday here. So make sure you're around for that. See you later. Stay warm. See ya. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.